Welcome to New Gen Network, a podcast online radio show from Ghana, West Africa. Your host is Raphael Okere and co-founder. Gen Writers Club is a show to empowering young African writers to share their writing skills and arts with the world. Join us to listen to our international guest speakers who are ready to inspire and motivate you to your success. Hello everyone, you're welcome to the New Gen Network. And today we have as our guest, Tips Calvin from the United States, Georgia. Um, Mr. Tips is a bishop actually, and is a development coach. Mr. Tips, can you hear me? Yes, I hear you loud and clear, Raphael. Sounds great. It's a privilege to have you here. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I love the work that you're doing, and I'm looking forward to adding value to your listeners today. Bless, bless. Thanks so, so much. Um, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, we know you to be a, a, a pastor and also a development coach. You're doing so much for your community, a very small community that, you know, by word of mouth, you just told me about what sounds very, very exciting. You know, a community where I just learned Coca-Cola came from, and you have a lot of inspiring gospel shows and musicians coming from there. Can you tell us how your journey as a pastor and a development coach has been in this particular region? Yes, it's very different. You know, I often say to people that success uh, it's not in a straight line. Uh, it's yeah. a lot of zigzags, you know, it's, it's Ghana, it's Botswana, it's South Africa, it's Mozambique, and then perhaps you find your way to the place that yeah. you thought you, <laughs> you set out to go. <laughs> and that's, that's what happened with me as a young person growing up in the Baptist faith in Virginia, mm. Uh, I used to sing songs, me and my next door neighbor who was behind me, about the Holy Ghost, of all things. Wow. Now, I, I didn't know the Holy Ghost. I just sang about the Holy Ghost. And then we, we pretend that the Holy Ghost came and we start running away. So <laughs> from, that point, from that point, I had no idea that I would find myself graduated from college with a, a degree in broadcast management and that the, the young gentleman who would sing the Holy Ghost song, whose name is Felton, that he would be a pastor, I would be a pastor, the next door neighbor would be what? a pastor. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm telling, <laughs> I'm telling you. Yes, yes. And then at our church, the best friend I grew up with he became a pastor. One of the folks wow. who went to a neighbor in high school, she, I mean, it's like pastors were just being birthed and we had no idea because none of us talked about one day, I can't wait to be a pastor. None of us. Wow. So that's why I say this zigzag journey because occurred because once I, once I got commissioned into the military as an officer, I became very aware that there was this need, this desire, or what people call a calling. And I said to my young girlfriend at the time, at a park here in Atlanta, I was leaning up against a tree, and I said, you know what, I, I think the Lord wants me to be a 
pastor or something. And I was so distraught, I slid down the tree to the base of the trunk. <laughs> and she's like, it's okay. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to, I just want to, and whatever it was that I said, well, that 22 year old is uh, now my wife of, of 37 years. Wow. And she has accompanied me there to Ghana and to uh, different parts of the world. And of course here locally, uh, to share the good news of the gospel. Of course, I finally did accept that if this is what you want, Lord, this is what I will do. And I thought when all of this was beginning to happen, it was a music ministry. And mm. I knew exactly how the Lord appeared to me that day when I was shaving and I heard the thoughts. How would you like to sing in various places? And I'm thinking to myself, those are pretty strong thoughts. And I said, well, you know, interesting. Mm. The thought came back again. And then this time I said, well, nobody knows me. And I'm literally talking to myself in the sink. And then finally uh, the thought came again. I'm like, I stopped shaving, looked myself in the eyes and said, nobody knows who I am. What is this yeah. thinking about, you know, singing? And suddenly three verses came, one in Matthew, one in Job and one in the book of Psalms. So I wow. ran to for those verses and they were so shockingly accurate concerning what I had just heard that I knew the Lord had something. Again, I thought it was music ministry. Wait, I, I, story, just, just to dive in, do, do you have those songs recorded in the studio and, you know, officially out or something? You know, I do. We ultimately did an album and uh, I'll have to find Ooh. it. Yeah, I would have to find it. <laughs> <laughs> those verses that he gave me in, in Job, it said, I go to the north and I cannot find you. I go to the south and you're not there. I go to the east and to the west. All that I would find counsel before you, I would lodge my complaint. Well, oh. that verse literally meant, if you deny what I've said, you're gonna find yourself going in circles as if I'm mm. nowhere around if you don't do what I said. I didn't know that that meant that at the time. I found that out later. But the verse in Psalms, I want to say chapter 21, around verse 7 or 8, it says, we will sing and praise your might. So there was no coincidence between I want you to sing and that verse. And yeah. then the other verse in Matthew basically said that you will say to the mountain, be thou removed, and it will be cast into the sea. And I knew that that meant there is no concern about who knows you. There's no concern about who doesn't know you. Yeah. I want you to speak what I tell you to speak and sing what I tell you to sing. And I've been holding on to those verses, uh, you know, over the course of it. So even as a pastor, there's a musical component to what we do. Yeah. And, you know, we love to flow in the spirit. When we were in Sunyani, um, in the villages there, uh, we taught different songs to the musicians. And we sang those songs as a part of our worship to the Lord. And everyone has a song in them. Everyone may not have the skill set of, you know, skill, skilled musicians, but everyone has a song. And I believe that's why the Lord says, make a joyful noise. Because the noise to other people's ears is joy to him when we offer it up in praise. So that's sort of the beginning of a process that has now been 14 years in the making where we now pastor in a church called Kingdom Dominion Church in yeah. here in Villarica, Georgia. 
And along the way, I picked up the idea that a part of what I have always wanted for other people, and that's why I respect what you do so much, is yes. to find out what they are here for and to help them get that accomplished, to be good at that, whatever it is. And I used to say that for years going, growing up, I would remember as a, as a uh, young person, early, early teens, maybe even 10 or 12, a little girl in our neighborhood was walking and she was cursing and she's a, she's a little girl. And um, <laughs> that was bad. yeah, it was bad. And, and, and she wasn't even that way. So I know she was trying to show off for others. And mm -hmm. I said to her, you, you, you're too, I, I think I said, you're too pretty to sound like that or too young to sound like that. These kinds of words shouldn't be coming out of your mouth. I totally forgot about it completely. Now, at the time, when I was in my 40s, my sister told me that the young girls went to her and they had a conversation and they said, you know what, I'll never forget. Your brother told me something that stopped me from cursing. Wow. And she said, what was it? And she quoted what I just mentioned. I totally forgot about it. But even then, what are you here for? Which is a part of our coaching practice. Yes. Was important to me even then. Why are you here? What are you supposed to do? How can you improve? And that was so in my heart, even as a kid, that I didn't, I didn't find out that it was a coaching opportunity for what I have become, a certified purpose development coach. I didn't realize that until you know, just a few years ago. And now we do that as a practice. And along the way, I pitched, picked up a, a, a doctorate in ministry, a PhD. And so I used those two things to help pull people into what your very radio podcast network is all about, Next Generation. Yeah. I love that. So when you put the Generation Writers Club together, you're talking to a specific segment yes. to give them a platform to do what they are here to do, improve upon that, and go out and bring life to others because of the content that they write. So that's kind of the background of how I got here and, and, and where I am at this point. Wow. <clears throat> it's so fascinating that you get the, the whole picture of what we're trying to do, even without me expl explaining further. <laughs> you know, like, not many get the full meaning of like the new gen network. Um, and yes, in just simple terms, it means new generation network. And so we're just trying to create a generation, a new generation that have a similar way of thinking, virtuous, you know, benevolent in doing all things. And, you know, just going out there to make a difference. That, that is just the kind of generation we're trying to put out there. And that's the content we're trying to put out there. And so we get people with similar backgrounds to do these things. And you just, Got a picture. Thanks so much. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. It's, it's, it's my pleasure because when, when people in a generation, especially the generation that you're in, which is somewhere between, I think you're probably in the, what they call millennial generation. Yeah. Um, if you're reaching into that group as well as to the the next generation which is generation z your message mm -hmm. is so powerfully important because a significant number of generation z 
have no ideas about God because 40% of that generation consider themselves today to be atheists. Man, I, I just want to share something small. Um, and I believe a lot of people listening to us right now can really adapt to it. And it has to do with the whole world's um, deadliest pandemic and something that we're really getting affected with so much. Even apart from the pandemics, there are lots of things going on in people's life that everyone is trying to overcome and, you know, build themselves up. Yeah. Um, have you ever come across, personally, I'm going through a lot. And I, I know a few people around me also going through a lot. We, we are just trying to, you know, uh, put our smiles out there and get people hoping and doing what they're doing. But have you ever come across anyone during these times with so much so much distress and you know they they just feel like they are lost and don't know their whereabouts you know like they feel so worried feel so distracted very you know have you ever come across someone um so weak and lame that you 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 find yourself in a position to help one way or the other during these times I have. Um, one of the times during the pandemic, I just decided to go through my phone and start texting people just to check on them. And one young gentleman who was a, a millennial, uh, we started off with very kind of uh, shallow conversation and it quickly went to the very thing you just said, which was, oh. he said, I'm afraid. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how to take this. Uh, I'm tired of being cooped up and I just need help. And I was very appreciative that he was as honest as he was, as I was also surprised that he was in fact in that situation. Well, he's not the only one to your point. And I've met and talked with several people who are going through everything from the pandemic has put them in the same household, they're married and they're not happy. So you would mm. think that folks will go through life together and draw closer in a pandemic, when in fact here in America, the divorce rate uh, spiked during uh, the last year because the, the work schedules left people in their careers. And so they were passing each other by a lot. But the pandemic left a lot of people at home and they discovered that they had grown apart. And instead of applying tools to work together, they allowed the circumstance to draw them apart. So. The one gentleman that I spoke with, I gave him the kind of encouragement that he needed. Everyone has a, a particular type of need, but the core, the core of all of our issues, all of our issues, no matter whether it's uh, economic or it's marital or mm -hmm. it's socioeconomic, it, is, it, it has to do with the answering of this question. And that is, why am I here? If we can understand what we are here for, then we can begin the journey of understanding what we should be doing. But if we don't know why we are here, because think about it in these terms, yeah. and I, know this, I don't know what kind of a family audience you have, but everyone understands the term love making. Yeah. Everyone understands that term. Well, that term is supposed to be for a married couple. Mm -hmm. Well, let's say, 
it didn't happen. It is lust making. Just say that it's lust making. Either <laughs> way, the original design from God was for the the husband and the wife to come together, and in their making, they produce the child. Yeah. Therefore, the child is made from love. It's a Stevie Wonder song. Is it she lovely? Made from love. So the reality of a child being born in terms of God's design is that they were born from the act of lovemaking for the purpose of being loved. So when folks don't have the full complement of what's available to them, they never usually look at love as the deficit. They look at fulfillment as the deficit or challenges as the reason. But in the end, if we can answer the question whether or not we are loved, then we can answer the question, why are we here? Because love yeah. produced a person with a purpose and that individual should be walking that out. And so all I really try to do is connect people to the original design direction, which then gives them development plan. Even though we may be Christians, we didn't get raptured when we got saved. We are still on the planet. And that's why, again, I love New Generation Network, because you are saying to the person, you have something to offer. Here's a mm -hmm. platform for that. You're not just sitting in the corner hoping and praying and you know, trying to figure out how it's going to work. You're doing something after you hoped, after you prayed, yeah. you did something. And that's what I respect about that. And so for those who feel like they don't have any hope or they feel frustrated by their present circumstance, if they can just get quiet for a few moments and ask themselves, ask the Lord, why am I here? What am I supposed to do? And how can I improve? regardless of others and their views about why we're here. Because some people mm -hmm. think we're here to be a part of their vision. Mm -hmm. <laughs> As if we don't have our own. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, <man>, that's true. <laughs> you know, so we, we've got to answer that and be okay to answer it without any approval, but what comes from deep inside of us that God reveals, I made you and I have a plan. And that's why he had to give me three scriptures because he knew yes. that I would, you know, think a certain way. And he knows yes. each person here is going to think a certain way. So he'll give that person encouragement as well. And, and funny and inspiring as well. You know, you had those three answers based on the kind of questions and fears you had. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it, it kind of reminds us that, no matter what our fears are, there are answers to them. And then it's, if, if only we, we are going to listen and have the zeal to just do something, take a move or make a move, we are going to have answers to those things. I, for one, learned, I just learned, you know, something today about love and love making. Yo, I, I never had an idea about what you just said. And so... I think it's going into my diary right now. <laughs> you know, I, I, I love that um, explanation. I think it really, really um, clarifies what love is and the kind of love we need to experience today. It's very obvious people 
some people give birth out of love making but don't just have no love and are not prepared to love their kids at all and so they just end up putting their kids in mess and so yeah. yeah if you're listening to us right now you should be prepared for whatever you you decide to do when you you come across this love making you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah um let's let, let's talk a little bit about your new project what you're working on i know you have an upcoming book even before yes. we talk we talk about your upcoming book you know i want to talk about your previous book i think you've written two books already right uh three four actually yeah four yeah oh man i i, I think my research was bad <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> yeah i i i found two books and maybe because I was caught by the titles of the book, I didn't really bother to search further for the other books. <laughs> and right. so the, the first book says, Pray for the President. Mm -hmm. I, I have a question about this book. And the second, <laughs> the, second, the second book is called Jesus Said. You know, we all know Jesus. We, he's a savior. He's done so much for us. In fact, he's the only reason why we should pray for our president. That's right. Yes. Um, but yes, talking about prayer for the president, the book was launched in 2017 and Barack Obama left office also in 2017, right? Well, he, he left office between, let's see, he got in office, I think he left before 2017, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. My dates are going crazy for some reason. But yeah, let's say yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, because I was I was just thinking when I saw the dates, when I when I looked out for the dates and was comparing them, I was like, wait, was this book written um with any relations to Barack Obama? What was the title directly um, favoring Barack Obama, or was there anything that inspired the book that was from Barack Obama? That was what I was actually asking myself. I don't know mm -hmm. what actually inspired um, that title, and so perhaps you can enlighten us more. Yeah, yeah. Now, now it's it's it's, it's uh, resonating because I forgot uh, Obama was an eight-year president, so it covered part of his presidency. Most oh, definitely. Okay. Yeah, most definitely. The, the reason for, and my wife asked the same question, honey, why don't you just not write about these presidents? Why don't you just leave it alone? Well, I wasn't trying to write about presidents. I was just really writing what the Lord was bringing to my heart. Mm -hmm. um, at the time, I believe that book, and frankly, I tell you, because I've written Pray for the President, uh, and then I have another book called Pray for America, then there's another book oh, called okay. Jesus. Yeah. Then there's another book called Jesus Said. It's a yeah. practical guide yeah. to spiritual living. And then a final book, which really kind of started. The, it was the second one that I wrote called Masses Back, but now he's black. The spirit of slavery. Wait, 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 wait. I need to hear that title again. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's the one you were first talking about. <laughs> 
But um, no, it's called Massa. And you know, here in America, they used to call slave masters master. And when they couldn't say it, they called him Massa. So Massa's back, but now he's black. The spirit of Ooh. slavery has returned to America. Wait, I, I, I feel like I'm watching a movie because the title just depicts a lot. You know, <laughs> I'm already, I'm already imagining whatever the book is about. Yeah, the from my perspective, uh, Raphael, I, I really do focus upon God's word as the basis yes. for the way I want to see the world. Yeah, and you know, they could call it a biblical worldview um, compared to a a modern worldview. <laughs> so when I look at the kings of the Old Testament and I look at the modern day presidents, I simply find myself noticing patterns because history repeats itself because there's nothing new under the sun. So when I heard <laughs> policies that would indicate a challenge to what scripture says, I began to take note. And of course I began to pray. So once I began to do that, at that point, I moved beyond, if you will, the ideas of culture and began to move into the kingdom because the kingdom will last, the cultures will not, not ultimately. Mm -hmm. The Lord loves cultures. He put people in cultures where they developed the language and the activities that define. Yes. When you talk about the kingdom, it's the king who gives us the language and it's the king who helps us define how his governance is supposed to be. And so when wherever we may live on the planet, if we find that there's a difference between the divine uh, governance of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, and the earth, if we're there, we should ask for, as we pray, thy will be done here as it is on heaven, thy, on earth. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I begin to pray that. And I begin to see more and more and more that the there was a conflict in the policies that were spoken about and ultimately implemented completely different from mm. what the kingdom of God mm. had to say. And so yeah. that was the inspiration for the book to pray for America. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm sort of wet right now, but maybe, yes, pray. <laughs> there, there's something else, you know, like, I didn't expect it that way. I I had a different understanding when I saw it. And that's why I actually asked. So I believe to everyone listening to us, you can actually check out this book. It's all it's on all um digital platforms for resale, book resale. And so yes, check Amazon, check um yes, all the platforms that you know, you'll find them. And Yes, let's dive a little deep into your, I realize you, you, you speak more like an African because you, <laughs> you have this African feel. And I know Georgia has a lot of, you know, African feel. Georgia, Virginia, Atlanta, you know, it has a lot of the African culture there, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, before we started the podcast, you mentioned few African countries. How many African countries have you been? I've actually only been to Ghana, but I've flown around um, from there. I've been to Indonesia. From there, I've gone to 
um, uh, India. Um, oh, okay. We've attended, yeah, we've attended. So that's that's my only African specific location. Of course, the Caribbean is nothing but African. And so we've been down to Turks and Caicos. We've been to the Bahama Islands, the Grand Bahama Islands. Uh, later this next year, I'm supposed to go to another conference in uh, the Guyana area. Um, yeah, and all that trade went on through there. Yes. So, uh, but yeah, that's the that's the only one thus far that I've had yeah. the, the privilege of going to. Yeah, uh, but you know, I'm just gonna ask you this tricky one: <clears throat> Have you looked into your descendants or your DNA to you know, find which country you probably belong to. Yes, apparently I have relatives in the Congo. Ooh. Yeah, that's what, that's <laughs> what came out. <laughs> Honestly, you don't look French. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. But see, that's because in America, I'm also almost 25% Native American. That's what that came from. So between the, the, the Congonese and the Indians, they call them, but the Native Americans here, there are two big tribes, Cherokee and Apache. I'm connected to both of those. So when you put that together, there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that sounds good. If actually it feels good to know that you know where you're from, you know down here right. and can actually come at any time and feel at home and connect with your people. You should start learning one or two dialects from Congo. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So let, let's talk about your new book. I, I want us to um, focus on when it's coming out. Um, you know, what actually inspired it? What, what kind of um, message should we expect from it? And you know, anything surrounding the book that you feel that you want to share right now with the audience and, and everyone listening to us? Okay. Well, this book is called Running Laps. It's like uh, running around a track, you know, laps one, two, three, four, you run a mile. It came from the idea that one of our leaders had last year when he asked me, how are we going to train the future leaders and disciples at our ministry, at our church? And I had to get an answer from the Lord. And that morning, super early while praying, I heard, I've dropped it in your lap. And I'm hearing that and trying to put that together Ooh. and I'm not understanding. So this went on for a little while until what did you like? What did you learn? That's a question that we used to pose to the men when we had video presentations on Zoom and we would all comment about what we saw to tell each man that was also present what they liked and what they learned. So suddenly I see the whole thing. How can you apply what you liked? What's your prayer concerning what you liked? What is your prophecy from the Lord about what you like to learn? And what is your statement? And suddenly, L-A-P-S became alive. Well, it's so alive now that we run these laps around spiritual content. And we're teaching mm -hmm. people to do the, uh, the same thing. What it boils down to is 
And Jesus told his followers to make more followers, to make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe all things. And whatsoever I have commanded you, you basically go and do the same thing. So the words in Matthew 28, 19 and 20 have four major aspects. Go, teach, and baptize. That's not a fivefold ministry, the pastors, the bishops, the apostles, and the prophets only. That's yeah. everybody. Yeah. You know? So if we're not doing what Jesus said, there's a problem. And that problem shows up in the culture. It shows up on the planet. Yes. So as I was thinking about his statement, it made me think, we're not just going to sit in class and go over another session. We have to give people tools that they can use when the session is over. So what LAPS is really all about, it is what I call a, an awareness program. One of the first milestones of, of purpose is awareness. And that first milestone helps us to become just knowledgeable about or sensitive to something is going on. It's a critical thinking element. And oftentimes people don't think critically because they've been taught to just think on the surface. It doesn't mm -hmm. take a lot to think critically, but you gotta think beyond today. Yeah. So when awareness is, is peaked by a message, it's no longer, I like that, or that was terrible. That, that's, that's great to give thumbs up or thumbs down, as I call it. <laughs> the pastors really need to see the message they delivered being lived. And of course, the pastor has to live the same message as well. Mm -hmm. the, the point that I'm making is, LAPS is a critical thinking tool, a framework to help believers in their faith. So from here on out, when we watch a video, listen to a podcast, read something inspirational, it's not just put that down, turn that off, and go to the next thing. It's mm -hmm. running laps around the content. So what laps does is it brings spiritual content to life by asking four questions. The person has to ask the four questions themselves. What did I like or learn? How can I apply what I just liked or what I learned? What's my prayer? Lord, help me. Help me to do this. What's my prophecy? Maybe the Lord is prophesying. This is what I have declared unto you, therefore go. Whatever the Lord may be saying, say that. And then the, the fourth letter there is what is my statement? And the statement is like an oath. It's sort of like the thing that seals it, that gives the person permission to live that word or that scripture or that podcast that they just heard. So that's the basic framework of what LAPS is designed to do. And mm -hmm. if you want to jump in on the pre-sale of it, you can go to a website called Indiegogo. I-N-D-I-E-G-O-G-O. Mm -hmm. -E and just type in James Tibbs, my name, first name, name and last name, and then the book title, Running Laps. So Indiegogo.com. And then just type in James Tibbs and type in the book Running Laps, it'll come up and then you can get a pre-order. We're in this campaign that literally just started yesterday. Oh, and, wow. <laughs> yeah, so this is perfect. So <laughs> your, your contribution of $39 will get you a signed copy or if you decide to buy the digital copy, that's $15. But all these funds to begin with are gonna go to printing 
to manufacturing, to distribution, to editing, book design. In fact, you get a chance to be a part of some of that based upon you know, your support level, so. Yeah, yeah. To everyone listening to us, please go support. This an amazing book for all. I, I, I even think like religious leaders from other sects, you know, can also try and support it because from what I just heard, I believe it's, it's cut across, you know, from everything you learn, you, you can try and apply some of these principles and make yourself a better person. And so, yes, everyone can go down to Indigo, um, indigo.com, right? Yes, Indiegogo. Indiegogo.com, yes. And then go search Calvin Tips, um, Running Labs, grab and support this uh, project. And this podcast is actually going to be on uh, our community. So I believe young writers down there can also learn a lot from whatever you just said with us right now, you know, whatever process you, you went through. In fact, some, some writers go through um, a lot of challenges and a lot of, you know, time duration in order to choose a name for whatever project they are working on. And you just said how your process was like. And so I believe all of us can learn from it and also, you know, apply it some way, somewhat on whatever project we are working on. Don't rush in just choosing names for a project. You know, most often some of these things come by inspiration and you can try to connect the dots just like um, Pastor Calvin Tips did with his project. Thank you so much, uh, Pastor, for joining us. Um, It's a privilege to have you. I'm hoping that we could get to speak again when this yeah. book is fully out and launched. And yo, yes. um, to your ministry and to everyone that has been a beneficiary of what you're doing, a very big thank you for being a part of Mr. Calvin's ministry. Um, we love what you're doing out there. Would love, wait, maybe when, I don't know when we're doing the year of return again, but when the year of return is up, I think you should show up in Ghana again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Count, absolutely. Count it done. <laughs> yes. 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 Look forward to it. Bless. Bless. Thanks so, so much. It's a privilege for having me. Amen. Thank you. God bless you.